Welcome back, guys. I know it's been a very long time since you guys have heard from me, my last episode being about basketball, and we are already through week one of football. So I do want to start this out by kind of just apologizing for my absence. Uh, I've just been extremely busy when it comes to work, and then recently I started working out a lot, uh, going to the gym. So it's really taken up a lot of my time, but I do want to make my comeback very special. So uh, without further ado, I don't want to waste too much time here, and this is going to be a week one review. It's titled, as you guys saw, Week One Overreactions, and that's really just kind of a play on you know what the media does uh, after every single first week or first season, and um, yeah, I mean, let's get right to it. I thought we had a great week one. Uh, let's start off, though, on a very negative note. Uh, the Falcons are terrible, and that was quite possibly the worst week one game I've ever seen from the Falcons in my long life of being a miserable, miserable Falcons fan, and uh, it's going to be a tough season. We have no offensive line. Uh, hopefully, Kyle Pitts is used more. Calvin Ridley is still amazing, but Matt Ryan is pretty old at this point and without an offensive line it's going to be very hard for him to be super productive i guess you could say um yeah i mean it, it is just very very tough to be a falcons fan this season uh but let's move on from that let's go straight to the eagles and when i tell you guys something Devonte smith is must see tv Jalen Hurts, I still need to see more from because I think the Falcons defense in general is just really bad. Um, you know, but he had an amazing game, not to take that away from him at all. His passes were really accurate, but he did really just depend on rolling to the right and obliterating uh, our second corner being Fabian Moreau. Uh, nonetheless, though, again, I don't want to take anything away from him, but I really want to put the spotlight on Devontae Smith. Uh, there was a lot of concerns about the Heisman winner coming into the NFL. You know, is he too small? Is he too skinny? Is one hit going to wreck him? And I think if one thing was showed uh, in week one is that he is a very, very special talent. And yeah, that's exactly why this is called week one overreactions. Because he could have a horrible rest of the season and I'd be completely wrong. And it would just be the Falcons defense making him look amazing. But I truly believe that Devontae Smith is a very uh, exceptional special talent. The routes are very crisp. Uh, the way he was able to create separation on some of those switches was amazing. And he got his first touchdown in his very first game. Uh, a very special sight to see. Kyle Pitts, on the other hand, we really didn't get to see uh, too much of that talent that we saw uh, in college on display in week one. I hope that'll change going forward. And it's not on Kyle Pitts at all. In fact, he did a good job in the limited opportunities he got. Uh, it's really on this coaching staff, in my opinion, for not using him more, which is very uh, disturbing considering he's the highest tight end ever selected. Uh, you know, he's regarded as the greatest tight end prospect and whatnot. Uh, so he needs to be used much more. Okay, let's shift to um, the Bears and the Rams. We'll shift right to the Sunday night game. Sorry, I'm going in order of the way I'm reading it. Um, oh, no, I misread it. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm, let's go to the Cowboys and Buccaneers. And, of course, that was a very exciting first game of the NFL season. Um, yeah, I mean, I really have nothing to say. I'm very happy that Dak looked really good coming off that shoulder surgery. 
Uh, I'm really worried about the Cowboys and Dak specifically if they're going to have him throw 50 to 60 times a game going forward. Uh, Zeke, you know, I think he's gotten a lot of hate, slander going his way for his really putrid performance. But, I mean, they really just didn't run the ball a lot. They didn't really give him any opportunities. So I really cannot say one way or the other that he's totally washed until we see, you know, extended touches for him. He only got very limited touches, and given he wasn't that great in those limited touches, the the Cowboys O-line really just couldn't handle the Buccaneers' pass rush. And that's on to my next point, where the Buccaneers' defense still looked good. I mean, the Cowboys really benefited from some horrible penalties in the Buccaneers' secondary, uh, but the front seven is still electric. Tom Brady still looked good against Dallas. And, yeah, I mean, I think one player I want to highlight, though, on Dallas is Trayvon Diggs. Uh, he really stepped up. Last year was a very rough rookie year for him at the cornerback position. And he was maybe the best cornerback that played in that game. Uh, same cannot be said about his co- co-worker, teammate, uh, Anthony Brown, who really was burned all game, likewise. Uh, by Tom Brady, of course, and Antonio Brown really stood out as a dominant force, uh, looking like the old AB a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't put too much stock in him being the number one wide receiver on the team just because they have so much talent that it's just going to go, I feel like it's just going to alternate, you know what I mean? But still, I thought it was a really fun game, especially for the first game of the season. It was just great seeing you know football come back to action with such a bang. All right, so the next here on Bleacher Report, that's why, you know, the timing of things is out of order, uh, is the Ravens and Raiders. Another very exciting game that went into OT. Of course, the Raiders won it, and I think this sparked a lot of really stupid conversation. Uh, The first take topic I woke up to, I think yesterday or today, was, is Derek Carr an elite quarterback? And don't get me wrong, I I don't want to say that Derek Carr is terrible, but no, he's he's not an elite quarterback. I would say he's more in that middle-of-the-pack kind of tier uh, with guys like Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan at this point. Uh, he's just not he's not super elite, but he's good. Uh, he missed Derek, uh, not Derek, Darren Waller a ton early on. And then, of course, you know what happened. They came back in the second half and really rode that momentum to getting a tough, tough victory. Um On the other side of things, the Ravens' offensive line is still a mess, and that's really not a good sign given the amount of injuries that the Ravens have had already uh, prior to the season even really starting. And, I mean, this this is going to be rough for Lamar Jackson, I believe. If he can take this team to the playoffs, kudos to him. Uh, Again, like I said, week one overreactions, right? But this is going to be a hard season if that's what his O-line is going to continue to look like because the Ravens' pass rush is really not uh, all that, aside from Max Crosby, who looked extremely explosive in Week 1. All right, so moving on to the Bears and the Rams. And, I mean, the one thing I really got to lead off by saying is I'm so happy for Matt Stafford. Uh, I know if you guys watched my offseason take on Matt Stafford, I think he really has a chance to lead this team. Uh, very far in the playoffs and I do think he will Uh, but above anything it was just good to see him look so happy and energized on the field you know we've seen what we really haven't been able to see 
much of Matt Stafford throughout his career because he's just been in Detroit. I mean, we get the Thanksgiving game every year, but they seemingly get whooped every Thanksgiving. That being said, uh, the Rams, I mean, yeah, the Rams just looked elite. Aaron Donald's still a menace. The defense is tough, but on the Bears' side of things, they really didn't even make it hard. And that's where you got to wonder, you know, how long is it before they flip the switch to fields? Because they can't run any deep balls with Andy Dalton. They're not utilizing Allen Robinson basically to his strengths at all. And they're also wasting guys like Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet. I think, you know, if you put fields in, yeah, he might struggle with some turnovers, with some poor decision-making here and there. But, I mean, it, it really cannot be worse than what it is right now. Because Andy Dalton is not good, and I don't think he can maximize this roster. That being said, the defense also has just not looked that great uh, ever since that miraculous kind of 2018 run where they looked dis- like absolutely dominant. Um yeah, I mean, the cornerbacks have really kind of fallen off from when they had Kyle Fuller back there as an all-pro and Eddie Jackson as an all-pro safety back there, and they got burned a ton. Now, again, that might just be because I'm Matt Stafford's amazing for a quarterback, and I don't think a lot of people have realized that, but at the same time, it's rough for the Bears. They're, they're losing that defensive kind of strength that they've had for so long now. And it might kind of continue with that secondary being so lackluster. Moving on to the Browns and the Chiefs. And this was a very interesting game. It looked like the Browns had control of it early on. Uh, The Chiefs really weren't generating offense. But then, as they always do, the Chiefs kind of decided to turn it up in the second half. Patrick Mahomes with an absolutely stellar stat line. Tyreek Hill almost had 200 yards. I mean, the Chiefs are just ridiculous, man. And... They The offensive line looked a lot better, considering that the Browns have a pretty good pass rush. Uh, but then on the Browns side, you know, they still had that chance. And it really came down to Baker Mayfield throwing that late game interception. Uh, very unfortunate. But I think he caught, catches a lot of slander for that. And it makes sense. You know, he does lead the league uh, in fourth quarter interception since he has entered it. But... Still, I think overall he had a pretty good game. The rushing attack looked really good. I wouldn't be worried at all if I was a Browns fan. You uh, basically, you you were so close to beating the Chiefs. Uh, One thing I really liked to see was David Njoku's involvement in the offense. You're kind of wondering what, where Njoku has gone, you know, ever since becoming a very highly coveted first round pick that everyone thought was going to be, you know, the next guy being this freak athlete. Uh, and he really just hasn't kind of panned out. Obviously, they brought in Austin Hooper, and it just hasn't worked for him. But if he can kind of be that lead guy, because I'm not a big fan of Hooper in general, I think that would be a really big step this year, and, and I'd be really excited for him. Moving on to the Dolphins and Patriots, the battle of the Bama quarterbacks, rookie uh, Mac Jones, along with Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, Tua, I think... You know, he didn't look great. But at the same time, that Patriots front seven was punishing the Dolphins O-line, especially when it came to pass protection. Uh, Josh Uchi was just running havoc. And at the same time, you know, Tua wasn't making the best decisions. You know, that one interception that he had looked really ugly. 
but overall I still think he made best of what he had uh, didn't have a ton of yards but still you end up winning the game I think Jalen Waddle's synergy with Tua you could already see it kind of connecting together and uh, yeah I still think the Dolphins are in a very good position to have a lot of success this year and potentially make the playoffs on the Patriots side of things I thought Mac Jones had a very stellar debut Aside from some early mistakes that seem to be just kind of rookie careless mistakes uh, very, very early on in the game, like kind of throwing that backwards lateral. But, I mean, he, he really did not make any mistakes once he kind of got settled in. Uh, they lost the game, unfortunately, due to a late game Damian Harris fumble. And, you know, they did have like three different fumbles. Johnny Smith fumbled, Ramondre Stevenson fumbled. Um... But the Patriots, I think, should be really happy because they got a productive offensive game from this Patriots team. The defense still looked great, and it really just came down to a late-game turnover. And still, you know, your running back had 100 yards. Mac Jones looked stellar. And I think the receivers, Aguilar, looked good. Um, Jacoby Myers was getting a good amount of targets. And I think the Patriots fans should be excited moving forward. At this stage of this rebuild that you guys are kind of going through or transition, uh, the, the main thing here should be development, and, and especially in the offensive end where you guys have struggled so hard. So I still think it should be something to be excited about. Moving on to Denver and New York. And this was very interesting to me because I was told for a, a long time now by Giants fans about how good this Giants defense is going to look. And they get absolutely torn up by Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Melvin Gordon has a massive game, including a 70-yard run. Javante Williams, the rookie running back, added almost 50 yards. And Jerry Judy looked great with, until he went down with the injury, which is very unfortunate. That's going to keep him out for a while as well, being, I believe, about six to eight weeks. But, um, you know, I think his synergy with Bridgewater is really good as well, just because Bridgewater is not a guy that wants to challenge you deep. He's a guy that makes best use of those short, th medium throws. And those work well with guys that can route, run their routes very well. And that's exactly what Judy can do. That's honestly why I stayed away from Cortland Sutton in fantasy. Because Cortland Sutton, or Sutton uh, is more of a deep ball threat. And that really isn't maximized with the likes of a Teddy Bridgewater. Not to say that he's a one-dimensional receiver. I think, you know, as the season progresses, the synergy will show up. But... Uh, for right now, I think Judy was supposed to be that guy until he got injured. And for now, I'm looking at guys like KJ Hamler. I think no fan's going to still be very involved. And alternatively, that, that Denver defense looked great. And I think this, this is a point that I've been trying to make for a while, that this Denver defense is going to be a lot better than the people think. Obviously, they added the big-name corner in Patrick Sertan. Uh, but even aside from that, you know, the defense overall just has a good amount of talent. Kyle Fuller comes over. Um, you know, Vaughn Miller's still there. Ronald Darby, Josie Joel, Justin Simmons, the Pro Bowl safety. And this is just a really good team. And Bridgewater does have what it takes, I think, to take this team to the playoffs. It's just a matter of if he can stay consistent uh, and not kind of shy away from those big moments as he did in Carolina. But if he plays like he did against the Giants, which is, I, again, I was told that it was a pretty good defense. We'll see how it turns out this season. Um, then, then Bridgewater looks great, and this is where his kind of career could take another interesting turn, uh, as we've seen with his very unique career so far. Uh, 
Uh, on the flip side of things, it was very interesting. You know, Daniel Jones got off to a hot start, going 8 for 10 in the passing game. Uh, but then he finishes 22 of 37. And, I mean, look, I, I just don't think Daniel Jones is that guy. Of course, the offensive line is really bad, but it, he just doesn't have the it factor from a visual perspective. And, again, I understand that. It's not on him. The same way I, I try to reason with other people that the Falcon struggles aren't on Matt Ryan. But Daniel Jones just lacks complete pocket awareness. And it's really kind of bad. And when you have a bad offensive line, you at least need some amount of pocket awareness here. And I just feel like we just don't see that. Uh, on the other hand, you know, Sterling Shepard had a massive game. Uh, Sterling Shepard's a guy that's kind of had an up-and-down career. He's really a bright spot as a rookie. Struggled with drops and then kind of, you know, became kind of an afterthought as a receiver as they bring in uh, Kenny Galladay. Darius Slayton was there as well as a kind of standout guy. But he looked good. And he actually had the most yards of any Giants target. So that was interesting. Saquon Barkley did not look good. And that's just rough, man. Uh, I hope Saquon Barkley can show that he still has a good amount left in the tank and is just a result of the Broncos' defense being good. Obviously, he did come back from injury, so I'm not writing anything in right now, but you definitely don't want to see him look like that again. Moving on to the Packers and Saints, and man, what a performance by Jameis Winston. I mean, this is a guy that I, I tried to tell you guys. I believe in Jameis Winston still. Whether I'm a fool for that, maybe I am. But Jameis Winston was the most impressive week one quarterback, I think, visually. Because when you look at what Jameis Winston was and what he was in week one, like was meaning what he was prior to this season and his career, prior to his Saints career in general, and you look at what he was in week one, you just really saw a guy that wasn't rushing throws, wasn't making poor decisions which is something that you've never associated with Winston like ever and on the other hand Aaron Rodgers just looked like he didn't really care to be there now again not to question anything because it's Aaron Rodgers a former MVP and I'm just some regular guy that just watches the games but I mean he he just looked off and I'm telling you I don't think the Saints defense is that good that they would hold a Packers offense that's basically bringing almost everyone back uh, to three points. And not only that, they, they blow them out the water, 38-3. to three. I mean, this has to be one of Aaron Rodgers' most embarrassing regular season losses that I can remember if there's even any others. Um, now, I hope they get better, but what I'm really waiting to see is how good Jameis is going to be this season. I think he can have a, a really kind of standout year, the year that everyone's been waiting for as a former number one pick. Uh, and I'm excited. I'm happy for Jameis if he can get that done. Moving on to the Bengals and Vikings. And I think there's two words you just have to say about this. Jamar Chase. This is a guy that shut a lot of haters up. Uh, on Sunday because Jamar Chase was a guy that struggled so bad in preseason that people were just straight up taking him off their draft boards in fantasy. Uh, I mean, he had more drops than he had catches, and they were embarrassing drops as well. But then when you saw it come Sunday, 
For one, he embarrassed Patrick Peterson on a nasty route where he just created a ridiculous amount of separation. Uh, and sorry, my laptop shut up right there. I don't even know if this is still recording. Yeah, we good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow looked good coming off that torn ACL after get, taking a little bit to kind of settle in there. T. Higgins is still a very reliable receiver. This Bengals offense is a pretty good one. And, you know, I'm not going to say some outlandish thing like they can make the playoffs because I don't think the Vikings are good at all. Um, but I think they'll be much more competitive this year given that Joe Burrow stays healthy, which is a tough ask because that offensive line uh, has not gotten any better on paper. But if they're healthy, I think they'll be a nice, competitive, fun team. Uh, and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase could really become one of the most exciting QB wide receiver pairs that we have in the league this season. I'm telling you, a lot of these rookies, man, they looked great. On the other hand, when you go to Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence did not look great. But I cannot blame him at all. I do not think that he is in a good position right now because I just don't believe in Urban Meyer. And all it took for me was a couple preseason games for me to come up with that theory. I mean, there's rumors that uh, he has a very short temper, is falling out with the locker room. It already looks like a mess in Jacksonville, and I hope for Trevor Lawrence's sake and my boy Justice's sake that they get rid of Urban Meyer soon because uh, throwing a, having a rookie throw 51 times behind a, a pretty mediocre O-line is kind of a recipe for disaster. They do have James Robinson. They should use him more. He's a very good running back, uh, as we saw in his rookie season. But, I mean, I think, you know, when you look past the mistakes that Trevor Lawrence made on some of those ugly interceptions, uh, there were a lot of good things to come out of that. The dime to DJ Chark, uh, some of the throws to Marvin Jones. Again, it, it is kind of nitpicky to only talk about the good moments, but you do have to be patient with rookies. Just because Trevor Lawrence came in with the hype of being the greatest QB prospect since Andrew Luck doesn't mean it's all automatically just going to click. Now on Houston side, I think they really surprised me. And I don't know if that's just because Jacksonville's defense is like historically terrible. But I mean, Tyrod Taylor looked great. And Tyrod Taylor is not a bad quarterback. He's just not a franchise quarterback. Uh, I've always kind of maintained that idea. And he, he's a good guy that can bridge starters that has unfortunate luck, you know. Baker Mayfield was kind of thrown in there by the likes of management, as well as he's a number one pick uh, when it came to Justin's Herbert. Now, obviously, Herbert turned up crazy, but uh, they, the doctor punctured his lung. Just very unfortunate circumstances. Now he gets a chance in Houston. I really don't see him losing that starting job anytime soon just because Davis Mills is, from what I've read, one of the worst quarterbacks people have seen. Uh, and yeah, I mean, there's a surprising amount of veterans. I mean, when I was doing my fantasy drafts, I like didn't realize that Brandon Cooks has just been this consistent thousand yard guy. You know, I thought he was more of an eight yard or not eight yard, but like 800 yard type guy at this stage in his career. But nope, still getting thousand yards like it's nothing. Moving on to the 49ers and Lions. Um, the 49ers did that thing again where they just go up big and, and almost choke the lead. It's kind of a Shanahan trait. And, uh, yeah, I don't think very highly of Shanahan, but that's also because I'm extremely biased. But, I mean, aside from that, the Niners offense looked good. I'm, I was surprised that Trey Sermon was a head coach chosen and active. 
Uh, obviously, now they lost Raheem Mostert for the season, so I don't see that happening again. But they had uh, Eli Mitchell kind of come in and take over the show and, and give you some really good runs. And Jimmy Garoppolo looked good. I mean, this is a guy that's fighting to keep his job because they drafted Trey Lance. And, you know, it was cool to see Trey Lance make his debut and have a touchdown pass uh, right in that end zone. I thought that was very cool to see. And I'd like to see more of that if possible. Um, I think there's a lot of things you can do with Trey Lance. I mean, obviously, we didn't see him, uh, you know, run by any means. But we did see him, you know, throw a little quick out. But I think there's a lot of things you can do in limited scenarios that, you know, even though Jalen Hurts and Wentz were in a QB battle last year, it, it kind of opened up the possibilities for more things to happen with rookies that you don't really want to throw in there but want to still get experience. Moving on to the Jets and Panthers, the Sam Darnold gets a chance for revenge, you know, with a team that kind of screwed him over, you know. And, again, this is not anyone's fault but guys like Adam Gase who totally ruined him. But, you know, I think for one, when you look at the Jets, uh, it's a tale of two halves, really. Uh, Zach Wilson looked like the worst pick ever in the first half, and you were kind of worried. But second half, he looked really good. And I think that's very encouraging going forward. Corey Davis looked like a true number one wide receiver, which is uh, it's pretty odd to me. I never thought this would happen just because, you know, this is a guy that he was drafted very high by Tennessee. And. He was expected then to be their wide receiver one, and it never happened there. It never materialized. He had multiple seasons to kind of get it done, and it didn't happen. So if he gets it done in, in New York, I think that's really fantastic for him uh, and his career. But on the Panthers' side of things, I mean, you really got to see what Sam Darnold looks like uh, from a talent perspective. The reason why Darnold had so much of a hype trade, because the arm talent is, is pretty ridiculous. Like... I mean, he is just an exciting, exciting player for this team. Uh, the Panthers, who have so many weapons on offense, and Terrace Marshall, McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. And I think, you know, one thing, you know, going back to the Jets, you got to say that their defense played pretty good for going up against all those weapons. And I'm interested to see how they'll face against the Patriots, who don't have as many weapons, but do have a much more you know, kind of disciplined, uh, versatile offensive game. And if that's kind of a consistent trend that you might see with uh, New York, that they suddenly have this newfound defensive identity under their new coach, Robert Sala. Uh, and Zach Wilson and, and Mac Jones as a matchup going into week two is going to be interesting, I think. I'm very excited to watch that. And following that, we'll move to the Cardinals and the Titans. And wow, I mean, Kyler Murray is such an insane talent. To do what he does at that size is just unbelievable. I mean, I know a lot of people compare him to Russell Wilson, but throwing a 50-yard bomb off like a fadeaway uh, and have it be just an absolute dime to um, Christian Kirk, that was one of the craziest throws that I've seen. You know, I don't think enough people are talking about it because the difficulty of everything involving that throw and specifically when you add the factor of his size into that it's just absolutely unreal and uh, on the Titans side I think it was really disappointing to come out like that uh, obviously you had the big signings of Julio or not the signings but Julio um, AJ Brown there Derrick Henry still there 
and you just wanted to see a reason to believe. You know, the Titans that came into the season, everyone is kind of hyping them up as a sleeper pick for a Super Bowl run. And frankly, I just don't see it because I never believed in that defense, but the offense didn't look good either. And I think this is a season where the Titans really find out if Tannehill is truly that guy. And, you know, Tannehill has been fantastic in Tennessee for the time being, but you just have to kind of wonder, is he the guy that could kind of take you on one of those playoff runs, or is he just a product of Derrick Henry being so dominant that he kind of creates these passing opportunities? Moving on to the Steelers and Bills, um, you know, I didn't watch too much of this one. I did catch the post-game highlights. I the Steelers' offensive line does not look very well suited for Najee Harris to have the explosive rookie year that a lot of people are expecting. And I think that's really disappointing because he's such a talented guy. Uh, but on the other hand, their defense is still fantastic as they made Josh Allen look really bad, uh, especially in the first half. I think he did a lot better in the second half. But still, you know, getting that dub on the first week I think is very good for the Pittsburgh Steelers especially how Baltimore lost uh, and Buffalo on Buffalo's end it's really a matter of just looking better on offense uh, Diggs really wasn't that relevant I didn't really see much of Cole Beasley uh, they just got to shape things up and you kind of see the lack of a true running back on this team Singletary and Moss are there but they're both all right at what they do I don't think either of them are truly elite and that just might hold him back this year. But again, this Buffalo team is still extremely good. Uh, so moving on to Indiana, Indianapolis and the Seahawks game. And I mean, Russ just torched this Colts defense. And, and I mean, absolutely torched them. And I mean, it's, it's just kind of early season Russ, right? I mean, we, I feel like we see this every year where Russ, for the first couple of weeks, will go on this MVP-like tear, you know, get all the hype. And then it'll die down because he has a rough middle of the patch. Um, and the Seahawks, I wonder how good they are because the defense looked good. But also, I'm they did go up against Carson Wentz. And while I know a lot of people like Carson Wentz, here's the truth of the matter. The guy has terrible pocket awareness. He holds the ball for way, way too long. I mean, he's a very talented quarterback. He can make all the throws in the world, but... He holds the ball for way too long, takes sacks, and as a result, gives up a fumble like he did uh, in game one. And obviously misses a lot of big plays. On the other hand, I think Jonathan Taylor looked really good. Obviously his rushing game wasn't that potent. But looking at his impact in the receiving game, uh, I was surprised that Michael Pittman wasn't more of a factor in the game. I really thought that he would be kind of emerge as the wide receiver one following a really nice playoff performance but that's still to be decided if that comes about chargers and washington i mean washington's defense looked absolutely stellar for holding uh justin herbert who i mean i'd consider an elite quarterback i know people think it's too early but listen man the guy had like the numerically the greatest kind of rookie season from the quarterback position I have no reason to believe that he's suddenly just going to prove everyone to be a fluke when they really haven't made too many changes, and instead they've added guys like Rashawn Slater, who looked amazing. He was, I think, the best rookie this week at offensive guard. He didn't allow a single pressure, I believe, and he was just dominant against a Washington front line that 
it is absolutely stacked with talent that can get to the quarterback. So to see them be rendered kind of ineffective was pretty crazy. Uh, aside from that, you know, Eckler got his touchdown. I think a lot of people were kind of concerned whether he'd still be struggling from that. But, I mean, this team just looked really, really good. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both dominant uh, in terms of their performances. And then on Washington's side, you see Taylor Heineke take over. And I never understood why Taylor Heineke wasn't just the starter in general. I get Fitzpatrick as the experienced quarterback, but I thought after Heineke's performance uh, in that playoff against Washington, or sorry, not against Washington, but against Tampa, that they were just kind of good to go. You know, it really did not need any question but you know aside from that you know you had Antonio Gibson fumble twice I think that really cost him even though he was pretty productive all game uh, and I think Washington is going to win tomorrow against New York for my prediction I'll get to my other predictions later uh, matter of fact while we're here man might as well I'll just do it kind of rapid fire the Buccaneers are absolutely going to stomp the heck out of the Atlanta Falcons I mean there's no reason to believe anything else, especially after watching week one. I'll take the Washington over the Giants. I'll take the 49ers over the Eagles. I'll take the Bengals over the Bears. I'm going to take the Bills over the Dolphins. Um, I'm going to take the Broncos over the Jaguars. That seems very simple. Uh, Patriots and Jets, kind of a tough one. I'm actually going to go with the Jets here. I just... I'm a big fan of what I saw in that second half from that Jets team. And I think Carolina is really good. And I think I think it could carry over, man. I'll probably be wrong there if, if that's the one that, that may have me questioning myself. Raiders and Steelers, I think Steelers grabbed this one easily. I don't think the Raiders are that good. I just think Baltimore is decimated by injuries and, and made them look way better than they actually are. No disrespect. Uh, Rams and Colts, I think the Rams take that one pretty easily just based on how Russell Wilson torched the Colts secondary. I think Matt Stafford does much of the same in this situation. Saints and Panthers, that is a tough one, but I will go with the Panthers. Uh, I think Jameis still has a great game. I think this is much more of a shootout than what we saw on Green Bay. But this is Sam Darnold's first test as as a Carolina Panther. Because the Saints defense did look good. And the Saints love carrying momentum over from a game-to-game basis. But I think Carolina's defense also looked good. And they're going to have some energy going in. That's a young, very fun group that has a lot of talent in a lot of positions. I think that should be a really fun divisional matchup. Texans and Browns, uh, the Browns are going to stomp them out. Uh, Vikings and Cardinals, I think the Cardinals also win that one in a blowout. Cowboys and Chargers. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. But I will go with the Chargers simply because I think Dallas' defense is absolutely horrible. Seahawks and Titans. Uh, unfortunately, I am going to go with the Seahawks, which means the Titans would start 0-2. Uh, I think Russell Wilson does much of the same that he did last week to Seattle. Uh, sorry, to Tennessee. Chiefs and Ravens. Again, man, it is tough if you're in Baltimore right now and you're Lamar Jackson. Because you basically have to turn into a combination of Tom Brady and Mike Vick, in my opinion, to beat this Chiefs team with the roster that they have right now. Again, could happen. Lamar could have the greatest day uh, he's ever had. But 
doubtful. Lions and Packers. I think the Packers bounce back. I can't see them going out like they did again. Especially not to the Detroit Lions who just don't really have much talent on the offensive end. Outside of DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. And uh, I mean their number one receiver I believe is Terrell Williams at this point. Just not a guy that's really scaring any secondary. TJ Hawkinson is a very good player though. But I mean... Jared Goff, I don't think, is going to elevate this team to a win here. Uh, that's all for today, guys. Uh, again, sorry for being gone for so long with no kind of indication as to what was going on. A lot of things going on in my life. A lot of good things going on in my life. Uh, but I'm glad to be back and making content for you guys. And this will be happening on a regular basis now. Um, now that the NFL is kind of back in full session. So I'll speak to you guys after week two. Uh, maybe might drop something on the college quarterbacks that are coming out uh, of college and looking into this draft class a little bit too early, but hey, why not? So till next time, have a great night, guys.